The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show. I am the host of the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show. My name is Joe Miller, and that guy over there is John Fina. And can I just say, even though they didn't have, that's Kyle Williams in that, in that opening kind of like sequence, because they didn't have tape recorders when you played, that's how long ago it was. Ah. But I I just want to say that I don't, that's got, if there was a vote, that's got to be one of the best show openers there is. Like every time I hear that, I'm just like ready to run through a wall. Doesn't it just get you, it gives you all the feels like the goosebumps just happen on the arms. Which is a good thing, too, because, you know, you and I are bantering back and forth before you start the show. And, of course, you have the button, so you say your insensitive comment last. And then I'm, like, seething. And then the music or the music comes on, and then, you know, then I feel better. And I forget about it. Till now! <laughs> till, till this very moment. John, yes. it's been a minute. It's been uh, a little bit since we've uh, been out here on the Buffalo Rumblings Airwaves. How you feeling? I'm feeling really good, man. I'm feeling really good. How you feeling? I'm doing all right. You've got to you've got to clue me and the mafia in on something, which is what in the hell is Fina Friday? And is it a national holiday? And why are you of all people being celebrated? Yeah, <laughs> I knew it would come from you. You know, the smallest among us with the biggest the, I, I, jealousy. Wow. Listen, all I know is when you heard about it, you had the chance to go Miller Monday and you botched it. <laughs> well, we're, so this now, is Miller course, Monday. This it, is no, Miller. it's Mimi Mondays. Oh, Mimi's getting her day. She has usurped you on the M. Right, well, gotta, we're, we're lucky because Mimi is far better looking than I am. So That is I, 100% I think, true. I so I don't know how this – I can't remember. I think maybe, um, maybe it was Mark, Bill's Mafia 617. Uh, and if you want your T-shirt, the John Fina 70, the JF 70 shirt, reach out. I don't know how it started, but it's hilarious, and I'm enjoying it. I'm a little bit, uh, you know, kind of, I don't know, a little red-faced, a little embarrassed, right, but right. I'm also a little bit thrilled. And so for those of you who haven't seen it, that's what it looks like. It's super great. cool. It is great. That's hot off the presses. Mark's doing patches and stickers. Pretty soon we're going to have underwear and suppositories. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, we're condoms, it's a whole line. Condoms, condoms as well. You can do some whatever condoms. it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. It's, so it's, uh, it's, it's a rollicking good time. I don't remember what show I was on or who I was being interviewed by, but I was talking to somebody, and they were just talking about this show. And I was um, – it has just been cool to be a part of the ride. And I know that – I'm kind of like the lever in the ride in the sense of like, I'm the vehicle, like you came on the show with me, but it's just been fun to see 
the mafia just embrace you and you become this celebrity again. I don't know why you're not verified. That's a whole another conversation, but it's been great for verification. You do have to apply. I just, I just very much have appreciated watching, like I said, the mafia embrace you and you embrace them back all at the same time, especially when, when, and you've admitted it on this show, when you left, you didn't really feel super embraced by, by Bill's fans. So it's just been very, very awesome to see. I I mean, I don't know if that's entirely true. I mean, the problem was, you know, there's a, it's, it's a differentiation between like, you know, having only one source of media wgr and all right. their job is to throw you right. know, gasoline on fires and i happen to be the fire that year and you yep. know you just get a but i think by and large you know i that, that, that's why social media is is wonderful for the great people out there yeah, yeah who you know get to send out their positive vibes which you know we always talk about it be kind do the best you can to yeah you know be welcoming so i think um maybe this is like maybe this is like some sort of therapy for me too but mm. i'm a I'm a reasonably decent guy, but more than anything, I like to cut it up. I think I find people interesting in the, yeah, the stuff yeah. that they post. I've always like, man, I don't post cool stuff like, you know, Amanda or Alyssa or, you know, Steven or anybody like that, you know? And I'm just like, dang, I'm just not very creative, but I can comment. Speaking I'm of Amanda, lur- kind she of is. a lurker. You're, you are yeah. a little bit of, you are a little bit of a lurker, but, and I do remember now who it was. So, all that to say that uh, it was it was Scott Birchdahl that I was talking to just about just watching you kind of like rise in in mafia lore and he he's enjoyed it too and what a, dude what a character that guy is a whole and he oh, Scott's awesome you talk about a guy there's people in this world that you're gonna meet not many there's a few that you're gonna meet that have loved the life they've lived and Scott is to the nth degree he has you you just get the vibe from him that he has loved every minute of the life he has lived, which, oh yeah, reminds me of a story. Oh yeah, this one time. And oh yeah, this reminds me of a story. (laughs) Like, it's unbelievable. He has got an incredible and innate ability to turn everything on its ear and take a a negative situation and and have you laughing and giggling about it in a second. Uh, Even when I go back, you know, and, and catch up with him every now and again, we go just go back and forth and and i'm like you know he'll tell me a story that that i'd never heard before the guy's full of them and uh, just the fact that he has vince lombardi's desk is right like the most amazing amazing thing I mean, <laughs> right. like, you know like somebody at the stadium was like you gotta clean out warehouse b you know and he's like wait a minute Someone's yeah, he, gonna put this to the curb. He said he got it at an auction. He told the story that he they, they were auctioning off all this crap from, like you said, some warehouse at Lambeau Field the year that he was there. There, one of the couple of years he was there, and yeah. then he paid whatever he paid for it. And he tells you what it is later. And somebody then comes to him, and I don't remember who the person was, but like very seriously, I think it was the coach at the time. And he's like, "How much did you pay for this desk?" And I think it was like twelve fifty or something like oh that, God, 20, 20, four bucks. And he's like you got you're gonna have to sell me this desk name your price and he's like i can't do it i can't sell you i can't sell you this desk. like it's just unbelievable what a story but that's just like one of thousands like the thousand and i didn't even get to ask him about and i told i'm standing there with him in the lobby and i said there's so many things i want to ask you i was like but there's no time and and a lot of it is about the that you have all these great stories but i want to hear about like marshawn hitting somebody with his car down on chippewa and that whole thing in the way that un- like I want to hear about the hard times too. What happens? What happens on the five stays on the five. But he uh, he does he did such a good job, and it's funny because I I and I said this on my show I villainized him for the longest time. I always thought that he was the one keeping the coaches from giving us real answers. So when Dick Duran or whoever's like, I really need to look at the tape. I thought it was always him because you'd always watch <laughs> Doug Marone. Well, you'd watch him, and it started with J.P. Lossman when the Heat started coming on J.P. Was question that like would, minute one or minute two? Right. The question would come in, and he'd be standing at the podium, and then you'd see J.P. go, right? And he's basically getting a signal from Scott. Can I answer that question? And then it started happening with coaches and stuff like that. And when you're a bad franchise, that's what his job is, right, to protect. And it was interesting to me when he told me, and you probably know, he told me a story about you. I'm not going to say what it was. Yeah, um, I better, you better never. <laughs> hey, Mar- Mark's in the comments, and I want to give appropriate due. Mark, who started the uh, FINA Friday fiasco flim flam freak out? So, so, so Mark, who started the FINA Friday stuff? Yeah, so while we're so waiting I for I want to give appropriate due. Yeah, there's a anyway. delay. 
there's a so, delay. No, so, I'm not telling any stories that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying. But it's it's interesting to me that he'll walk. I know to how the you work, Joe. You just like <laughs> you want me to embarrass a former teammate? No, no, no. He 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 was just telling me that he he walks people to the podium and he says these are probably the questions you're going to get and more times than not he's right which is interesting. So he just told me some stories about that as far as that goes. Just Isn't that stuff. an indictment upon your ability as a journalist? What do you mean? If if Scott can guess all the questions, you're going to be right. Asking. For sure. <laughs> I, I'm not asking the questions, but you're Oh, absolutely. come on. <laughs> I've never been in there to ask a question. So ever. So still waiting for Mark to uh, respond. But as soon as he does, I'll throw it up there. So yeah. all, anyways, all that is a preamble. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, you're watching the Off Tackle with John Fina uh, show and with me, Joe Miller, and I get the awesome opportunity to sit next to that guy on the Buffalo Rumblings Vodcast Network. And we're going to talk about, uh, what is is there anything to talk about? Were, did you go somewhere Thursday? Were, did you go somewhere this weekend? I'll tell you, it's, it's not about where I went. It's about from what I escaped. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, <clears throat> I, uh, it's not my first rodeo. I scheduled work in Vegas, you know, right. the job that yeah. I work. So I was, I was out in Las Vegas and then, uh, in the afternoon on Thursday, Thursday. is it Thursday? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So Thursday I caught up with some, uh, some of our fantastic members of the, uh, the Bills Mafia, Alyssa and Sarah and Wayne and LaShawn and spence and dan the smoker guy he's got three names like is your name dan or is it buffalo freddy freddy right it's like (laughs) is it freddy or dan and he just kept saying it doesn't matter here have a cocktail so (laughs) yeah right so it's vegas right time stands still the whole time space continuum doesn't exist and i knew that i had to get out of there so i i I fortunately I spent the rest of the weekend raising money for charity here in Tucson. I belong to a big, um, big uh, group of guys that uh, we throw one giant party. We get like 6,000 people to come. We raise between like 400 and $600,000 for charity. We do it once a year, but back to the, back to the draft. So well, well, let me, let me stop you real quick. So yeah, go ahead, stop me. So Mark Johnson responded. He said, sorry for the, sorry for the, the delay. After I started making sure the shirts, Kara Rendell coined the term, Feet of Friday and real quick, That's my right. was John, what is Jerry O up to these days? And I'll just say, go back to was it October or November? We actually did a show with Jerry O uh, and Glenn Parker, so both of them were on this show. So you can actually go back and check that it's out. It's archived, it's archived. You can check it out. We have the technology, we have the technology. So, yeah, back Jerry. to the draft. So, talk about your experience both with the mafia and just dude, that Vegas experience to me. That's what they should do every year. Forget Cleveland, forget nashville forget kansas city vegas i can forget all those places very easily <laughs> I'm just saying, vegas i think uh the crowd was well it was, first of all it was enormous but i caught up with with the mafia and you know we went out to lunch and uh just like getting to know everybody and just talking and telling stories and learning more about one another it was just fantastic i mean to me that's the true true benefit of whatever being on twitter and being associated with my former team it's really more about the people now because i mean none of the players would talk to me (laughs) they've probably seen it like no so i got to hang around with uh with the group that i mentioned and then we kind of went walking around on the strip and you said it was amazing just the crowds were starting to amass just walking up and down the strip and everybody wearing their favorite jersey repping their teams and I had a couple of uh, PR people in my group who were like, hey, you don't know who that guy is, do you? And they all looked at me and they're like, no idea. (laughs) Then don't care. Which, you know, for for my dollar, I just want to kind of hang out and watch Mm -hmm. people. So then we ended up making our way over. And I thought that's where the draft was going to happen because, um, you know, I I had no idea. But then we kept walking like, like 400 miles. And then we ended up at the area where the draft was. And it's out Go, Can I stop yeah. you? That that was the most confusing thing to me that I have not gotten an answer on. You're talking about the stage, the floating stage in front of the Bellagio, which they talked about on the NFL yeah. Network morning of Thursday. Yeah, they were, they were leading. Well, they were leading. Something happened there. I don't know what it was. 
they were leading up to it and saying, oh, we've got this floating stage. It's going to be amazing. That's the, you know, the ramp that the guys are going to walk on, blah, 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 blah. And then it was like, oh, but the winds are starting to pick up. And now they're worried about like the, the integrity of the stage. Hmm. And then it's, and then they moved it to this other venue. At least that's what I thought. And the venue was tricked out. And it's like, there's no way they threw that venue together in five minutes. First of all, second of all, there's no way. 50,000 people were fitting in front of the Bellagio no, on the sidewalk you're, you're in the right. street. So maybe There's it was no like a, maybe it was like a bait and switch, you know, they maybe. were kind of like, yeah, it was, it was pretty fantastic. I'll say, I mean, we, the weather was okay. I would have preferred it about 10 degrees cooler, but I mean, people were, there were some people who were melting. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm already a desert lizard, so I survived right. it. All right. But I mean, right. there were a couple of people I was like, uh Oh, but they solved that problem by making alcohol hard to get. So nobody was like getting drunk and passing out. Nice. Nice. <laughs> but they had like a really cool fan experience area, which I totally avoided. But there are all kinds of things going on over there. So you could, you know, that were more kid oriented, more fun kind of stuff. And then you kind of crossed over and went up some steps. And it was just like a huge concrete pad where they probably set up uh, tents for various uh conventions sites and things like that right and then they had this like this open dome thing like a snail shell or something sure turtle uh, back there you go like a turtle and uh, every then it just started getting ramped up like fans were talking smack to other fans and in a very nice kind and congenial kind of way mostly <laughs> mostly but yeah but it was pretty funny I, and i was just kind of and i was just doing the fly on the wall kind of thing i wasn't wearing any bills gear at all six, just, wait 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 six foot five strikingly handsome blue-eyed italian man <laughs> fly on the wall does not work in but so anyway. far as an observer of the human condition and in the event that somebody tried to you know pull something on one of my people right drop the elbow you know, wayne or 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 sarah or Alyssa needed something i could quickly you know pretend out security <laughs> take them down but it was fantastic and people just kept packing in there it was like sardines just pack 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 uh and that was an amazing experience it That's was awesome. it was really cool and i agree with you i'll say this um outdoors is a little sketchy man like yeah. it was hot i saw some there some people there especially some women his hair just went flat and then right. like the makeup was running down and that's probably not pleasant right my makeup was fine it was waterproof <laughs> and everything that's a struggle i'm glad you had a good time i had fomo so bad yeah uh, well it was you... pretty cool oh 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 so um the legends the nfl legends put together this reception and i was like you know i think i'm gonna go check it out see if there's anybody there that i recognize i walk in and i'm like everybody's older than me i don't recognize anybody <laughs> but they had seafood i was like and drinks great bars had an awesome time and it was, it was at the top of the delano i don't know one of them hotels and the view out to the strip was just incredible i mean from right. i don't know what floor we were on 50 70th floor something like that it was incredible the view and i'm just standing there checking out the view and then this giant guy just comes right up to me and he goes fina and i was like oh <laughs> he's like it's me it's bob whitfield and i'm like no way we we're in the same draft class first That's round he crazy. went to atlanta he played like 15 years and i spent the next like 25 minutes talking to bob and i mean i hadn't talked to him literally since the combine That's cool. you know and then like after we played him once or twice you know handshake after the game kind of thing and I think, you know, that's why the players now are so lucky because they can just catch up with everybody. Me, I have to like remember first who <laughs> I wanted to catch up with. And then you're so separated by time and experience right. that it's like, you know, you send the first text. Hey, Bob, how's it going, man? Great seeing you. Yeah, man. Great to see you, too. All right. We have nothing else to talk about. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> I just had I just when I saw the first picture roll and you were in it, Alyssa was in it uh, 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 warlock was in it. And then Spence was in it. I immediately was just gripped with, uh, why didn't I do whatever I had to do to, to get there? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you should go anyway, even if it isn't Detroit, isn't Detroit next year, uh, Kansas oh, oh, city. So, Kansas, Kansas city. So we went to, we went to lunch and we're sitting there and we saw this other couple over there, like look like a father and daughter. And I said, after lunch, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to just sit down with them and BS. 
and they were like oh my god they're from jamestown a daughter lives in buffalo now and just having a great time and then we got up to take that picture that you saw i think yeah. the first one with the the bill flag yep the flag uh or tablecloth <laughs> and it was right behind right the kitchen was right behind us and this table just starts screaming and screaming and it was like a family reunion all buffalo people at the table right there so then i sat down with them we were totally bsing past the afc championship yes you did around. every time yeah man why not you know I mean, that's what makes it so much fun dude i mean well, i can't control who they draft what they do for a game plan and how they play but i know like the people that i'm gonna yeah. meet are gonna be so much fun and when they are and, and no one disappoints one of these days and i've been there when he's done it with strangers he passes that ring around one of these days somebody's gonna do a sleight of hand thing and the ring is just gonna be gone you're gonna be like where's my ring who had it last <laughs> so risk you take right it is the risk you take but i i definitely uh thanks for I, putting that idea out there you're a hell of a guy <laughs> wow and you're talking about me being Italian and having a criminal enterprise. That's the Irish mob right there. You said you had a criminal enterprise. Oh, that's one of the offline abuses that Joe lays on me, everybody. Here we go. So, here we go. So there is a question for you. I was all worried. Like, is he going to see the bed in the background? I'm like, yeah, probably, but it's all right. <laughs> Oh, now I see the. Now that you said it, I didn't even notice it until you said that. I see the uh, the headboard, but you know, people are like that though. They'll like freeze frame stuff and blow it up. Freeze frame, Jake Owls band. Oh, you know that whole record was really good. They were really good. For those of you that don't know, John is a huge music fan, as am I. I'm a musician as well, but not if you move the mirror, that's going to change. Okay, got you. Move it on the frame. Yeah. So there is a question from Matt C. Um, and Matt uh, C. that just is to remind everybody that uh, you can super chat, John. Uh, it just basically comes up colored if you've got a question or you want to you make a comment. Uh, Fina, do you remember a player named Nails? Jamie Nails is who he's talking about, number 74. My dad got me his jersey. It goes all the way past my knees uh, when I put it on. Ah! <laughs> I think I'm thinking he means still. Jamie was a big old boy. Jamie, Jerry Crafts. Uh, who else yeah. were there? House Ballard. I mean, it was well, House Ballard, and then uh, Crafts was the condo, right? And then Jamie was yeah. a big old boy, too. Well, yeah, so it was Howard House, and then, like, what's the only thing smaller than a house? It was a like, condo. <laughs> That's how he got his nickname. Right. Yeah, I remember, I remember Jamie, good dude. Uh, I think he's doing pretty well. I was talking to Reuben Brown. I was like, hey, where's Marcus Spriggs? Where's Jamie? And he said, yeah, man, guys are doing good. You know, the guy I need to catch up with those Robert Hicks, Mississippi State. That's why mm. I'm a fan of Mississippi State, because of Robert Hicks. And really? Holtz. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. And they got great uniforms. And they got, yes. So let's do this. Let's move on to the uh, task at hand, which is talking about the same thing that everybody is talking about right now oh, as it pertains to content creators, which is the, the actual NFL draft and the picks that the Buffalo Bills made, which means feelings for you when you um did you have any uh what's the word i'm looking for did you have any idea or of who they were going to take or did you have a want like did you have a want a wish list because you and i did not talk before the draft so did you have a hey this is who i feel they should go with before the draft happened before the first round yeah i mean i i, I pretty much uh i was terrible in my draft <laughs> no i was okay i mean i i wanted cornerback flat out yeah um, me too and I, I think for there's a always, you know, there's a number of reasons why you got to go for it. Uh, Tredavious White, I mean, yeah, people come back from injuries, but you don't know how long that the real recovery takes. And right. you got to hedge your bet and look to the future. And I think that was a wise pick. Um, I, and then I think, you know, listening to what uh, Big Ball and Bean said about best available that fit into what they felt were needs, I thought they did a nice job. And to me, the linebacker position was on my list. I was cornerback, um, uh, wide receiver, O-line, linebacker, in no real particular order except for the cornerback. And I was almost thinking, go corner, corner. Right. Um, even though a lot of them were dropping off. But you notice, though, that when you get into the uh, free agent signings, you got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, cornerbacks. They, wide receiver, I think they um, – I mean, it looks pretty solid to me. You let, know, I let, mean, how let, do you, Let's get there one by one. So let's let's start okay. with the first one, which is Kair Elam. <laughs> Kair Elam. So the Bills are at 25, holding Pat, or you think they're going to, gets to pick 23, trade comes in. First thought, were you were you like, whoa, we're moving up two, like two spots? Is that was a little strange to me. And what's funny, and I said this last night on the overreaction show, 
when I first saw what it took, when they had to give up their fourth, I was like, oh, that's no big deal. That's worth it. Whoever they're going to take or whatever, whatever we got, blah, 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 that fourth round pick was worth moving up two spots. And then by day three, I was like, man, there's some really good players available. I wish we had our fourth round pick. <laughs> but what did you, what'd you feel? Did, did you have any history? Or well, any you say that, you? but, you know, it's like a smorgasbord, except you're they only give you, like, uh, the, the plates that go into the teacup. Right, right, right. So I mean, it's it's easy to look at at the entire cafeteria and, and just you know, oh, I'll take that, I'll take that. Fair. So I think I think it actually bodes well for the mindset that this team has a direction. They know what they want. They're going to go get it. And it, and the way they explained it, and it could be revisionist history. Who knows? But that's the guy they wanted the whole time. So if you're getting so they, close, so they say, so probably. They say. Probably well, with, I would say with some understanding that they're not going to get, you know, sauce Gardner. They're not going to get those guys stingly. They're not going to get those guys to the top. So there's, there's a foregone conclusion that we're not going to be able to touch those guys. So yeah, th this is who we want. Right. Right. And the, the draft has seven rounds. If I'm not mistaken, you are not. And we had eight picks. Uh, at one point we had 10. I, I get that. But what I'm saying is, we got overserved at the smorgasbord, <laughs> right? I mean, indeed. By all arguments' sake, you're supposed to get seven picks, and we got eight. Right, right. And I, I think that addressing the linebacker. Oh, okay. So that's my deal on Kair Elam. But what I loved was the guy's interview with with the notebook. I mean that that's clutch. Yeah. I mean that's the type of commitment, and I think that <clears throat> that they they. They may not have known that he had his workbook, or maybe they knew when they interviewed him the first time. But just the fact that that somebody has that, and this is the type of people that they're looking for, right? And that he might do that somewhere and bring it somewhere else, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever, we don't care. You're in the NFL now, son." But I think in our environment, like I run it, in our environment, I think that is just really shows how well he'll mesh with this kind of blue collar work a day but friendly and welcoming team environment yeah he um so i i would say that there was obviously I'm, I'm guessing you saw the video that's how you knew that and and to see brandon bean's face and sean mcdermott's face when he pulled out his defensive game plan like his his playbook out of his duffel bag or his backpack or whatever he had in that interview with the bills they clearly were impressed by that the bills have a um what's the word i'm looking for they've got a uh they've got a profile and a player that they like, which is 20 years old, young, super talented with a high ceiling. Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, and this kid as well. When when they go with for somebody in the, in the first round, they like somebody that is younger and has a huge upside, which this kid does. Now, let me ask you this question, because this has been highly debated. Not highly. It's been moderately debated post-draft, but hasn't been talked about enough, I don't think, pre-draft, which is 2020. His his film was great, so Kier Elam had like he was like the best, what like the number two corner in the entire all of college football in 2020. Then he sprained his knee in 2021 early in the season, like game three, and struggled for the rest of the year, which kind of sunk his draft stock a little bit. Where are you on this notion that if you're gonna watch tape or you're gonna watch film or you're gonna judge a player by by like what you see on film, you should you should include all of the film, not just one season of the film yeah well if if you want to talk about the injury to me i guess i'd i'd, I'd want to know a little bit more about the injury because there are so many injuries that you know well basically it, basically he was a shutdown corner so so in 2020 right. no but my, my point is if, if the injury is something that you don't think or that you've always seen people recover from then it doesn't bother me at all and if he puts stuff right. on tape as a junior or a sophomore and then you know he's hurt as a junior but you've seen it on tape, then I, I I don't have a problem with that. There's no and there's no way that they didn't see that. Well, so. what happened basically is he was he was he he fits both schemes. He can play press man and zone, which I think you know. Mm -hmm. In 2020, he was a dominant cornerback in the NFL in a major in a major college division. In 2021, after he hurt his knee, he started clutching and grabbing a little bit more. He was behind a little bit, so clearly he sprained his knee. So obviously. That's not a little inner injury. It's not a rib injury. It's not a shoulder injury. It's not an elbow injury. When you have a sprained right. knee as a corner, it's kind of a big deal. So I yeah. guess the question is, is more stock probably needs to be given to all of his film or all of his years versus, oh, just his senior season or the last season that he played, I guess, right? Oh, are you kind of arguing 
uh against the people that passed on him like why yeah or, or, just, that, or just the draft are you saying that we should have looked at him in the second round no i'm saying we should have probably graded him as high as high as the bills did the bills brandon bean said he was the last player yeah uh, that he had as a as a first as, round and he had said earlier in a press conference a couple days before he only had 16 first round grades on players hmm so that says a lot, right? So my it, guess it really is, does. And I don't think most people think about it that way. You're like, well, there's 32 teams. You got to have 32, 32 first round picks. Right. Well, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome to think about that. And again, I mean, hopefully it's true. I mean, they can say whatever they want. I'll I'll believe it. I'll believe anything right now. I mean, team's looking good, right? Right, right, right. Jessica, Jessica Tennis in with a super chat real quick. Thank you, Jessica, for being a part of the show. Heard uh, heard for the draft, New England was using a Ouija board. <laughs> well, you know, also, I, and to be honest with you, I went down to play bingo at the church on Sunday, and our bingo uh, raffle ball <laughs> spinner was gone. So it could have been that, too. <laughs> it's Ouija so funny. Board. So real quick, just thoughts on a fit. I think when we talk about character, he's got it. When, he's, when we talk about <laughs> stop. Just stop. When we talk about, I'm going to ignore you. When we talk about talent, he's got it. When we talk about measurables, he's got it. He's fast. He's long. He basically is that quick corner that we kind of have been missing in that backfield. Levi, not super fast. Dane Jackson, not super fast, despite being very good tackles, uh, tacklers, technicians, as far as that goes, in being a defensive back. He's got a lot of those assets. What do you feel his fit is going to be? Do you see up like up and to the right for this kid yeah i you know i think that's going to flesh itself out a little bit i mean they probably would tell him look i think that we probably need to play a little bit more press frankly and um that that's the rub on press is when you're gonna when you get beat on press and you you get beat by a step what's your recovery speed right right that's right. what made Thomas Smith so good right. when he was with the Bills, right? So he'd press a guy. They're going to get free. And then how do you recover? What do you, How do your hips flip? And, you know, what does your footwork look like? They talked a little bit about he had some longer footwork on occasion that they'll tighten up. But I think that's really where we're going to look at it. And if, if Tredavious White comes back and he's not quite as where he wants to be, then you're going to want a press corner and a soft corner. And, you know, you're going to be able to, kind of float guys around a little bit based on the position groupings that that you see on the field yeah I I, I totally agree let's move to the second round and you and well, I talk the last thing I'll say about that is you know you could and sometimes in college when you are the level of player that Elam is you are just put there because you can basically lock down their best player and then have 10 guys play football against nine over there Right, right, right. It's what, it's, one, it's what we do with Trey. Right, right. So in the NFL, though, he's going to get a much broader utilization right. in the beginning. Like, they're going to want to enhance all of his skill sets. So, yeah. okay. Uh, Brand, Brandon, Brandon, I'm going to throw this up because it's relevant. Brandon Stevens says, if we were playing press in those last 13 seconds, or those last 13 seconds wouldn't have mattered. Uh, I hate prevent. There was There was more breakdowns than that, but that was part of it. Guys were just yeah, I mean, you never press in that situation, but I think, you know, it probably wasn't wise to be 20 yards off the ball. I mean, they're going back. I'm sure Leslie Frazier has got like, like, oh, I would have a hundred bar napkins with sketched out <laughs> defensive alignments for that. Never again kind of thing scenario. Right, right, right. Anyway, round two. Yeah, um, round two. So, oh, so yeah. now, yeah, so you and I talked at length and have for a couple of years now, just about the running scheme the offensive line, the backs themselves. What is the problem? Is it one of the three? Is it two of the three? Is it three of the three? It seems like this this offensive, or at least the former offensive coordinator and the offensive uh, line coach would try to force zone. And then finally, this past season, they gave up. We're going to go to pin and pull. And I know you talked about it being a hybrid. It's not really pin and pull. But then they started getting production out of it. Well, they draft James Cook, who I'm ecstatic that they have, but they say that his best fit is in a, zone, a wide zone scheme. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you're also um, you're also not mentioning that we have a new offensive line coach and Cromer. That's right, right. So there could be a little bit about uh, 
how do I say it? Like, you know, everybody knows how to block zone, but there's, there's coaching points to everything, right? And philosophy. So much in the way that you deliver things as a coach translates into the type of nuance you get on the field, right? Nuance coaching leads to nuance playing, even though it's hard to like kind of extract it when you're watching a video uh, or replay. So I think a guy like Cook, though, is just, he's a runner. Now, he mm-hmm. might have excelled in, in Georgia's zone running scheme, but I think by and large, they're a zone running team. Yeah. And the bigger bodies that you have, I think the more you see zone in college, right? Because, I mean, you're Georgia, for God's sakes. You're 300 pounds across the, across the line. You're going to dominate some of, the, some of the lesser teams, right? Right, 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 right. So I, I think it's a good pick. I mean, it just gets so kind of dicey, right? You got two guys. One's a second rounder. One's a third. Is it second and third? What was Singletary? Is it, uh, or is it third. Or is it third and fourth? Uh, uh, third, third, both both Moss and Singletary were third round draft picks. Is that right? Yeah. So I mean, what what do you? Do you I mean, what's the argument? Okay, we moved up around. They're going to be what percentage better, right? As opposed to the scheme, as opposed to the coaching. So I I guess it's a good pick, but I don't know. Do you? How do you feature a guy and an unfeature another guy? I mean, what's the mix going to be? So. You can say there was a need, but without letting somebody go, I guess you create competition in camp and make sure that everybody's as healthy as you can be down to the last cut. Right. So I didn't see it quite as a position of need, but you're looking at an incredible program. You're looking at a great athlete. So if it's best available after Elam and he, he can catch the ball in space, and he can he can move really well, and he can line up in the slot, okay? Because uh, Moss can't do that, and Singletary is certainly limited; wouldn't be able to do that. So he that brings makes it a really good pick. He brings a completely different dynamic than both of the guys that we have. And obviously, you know, Matt Breed is gone; he's not here. Uh, Antonio Williams is gone; he went to the Giants. Um, but he brings speed. He brings, you know, if he has a step on you, forget it; he's gone. He's right. got a burst that the other two don't have. Now, Singletary has the ability, as we've seen and witnessed, to make a guy miss in a phone booth, which is incredible because he's short, squatty, and thick. So to, to think that he can kind of make guys miss the way that he does is impressive. If he had the burst that even James Cook had, he would be probably one of the best uh, running backs in the NFL. But Cook is going to bring a different element completely, which I think this team needs. And and we're, we're faced in a situation now, in my opinion, where – in order to in order to to get longevity out out of Josh Allen, they're going to have to stop having him run quarterback sweeps, quarterback draws. I'm not saying to to remove him from the player that he is, but it's the Steve Young effect. Give me the Steve Young game plan or the Steve Young arch versus the Jim Kelly arch. What shortened Jim Kelly's career was getting destroyed as a Houston Gambler for the first couple of years of his career as a professional quarterback. He got annihilated on that team, and it shortened his career. I don't want that to happen to Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, I think, has been hit. I think I heard it on the radio the other day. He was hit last year more times than any other quarterback in the league. Now, he's big. He can absorb those hits. But still, every hit takes its toll. So at some point, they're going to have to come. No, I, play, so I get where you're going. I get where you're going, right? We need a we need a run threat. Yes. All right. Well, let's let's see it get coached. Let's see it get implemented and, and see it get done. Now, look, we got a new guard, right? Mm-hmm. We got a new guard in the mix. Spencer no. Brown. Uh, oh, you're talking about Roger Saffold. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Left uh, guard. He's going to play left guard. Spencer Brown is a year older. Yep. Year older. Yep. Rick Bates is a, is a year more experienced. Yep. He's moving to right guard. Right. Yep. And we did, we picked up the, uh, the Tennessee tackle from last year as well. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Mm. And, and we drafted a tackle. Somebody put it in the uh, comments section there. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I didn't, I don't remember where it was, but if you want to roll back to it, you can find it. I don't either. Oh, was it in there? Um, but, but we, I mean, if, if you, I can Google it. It's so Google. fluid, man. I can't remember anything anymore. I can Google it here in a second, but, uh, for all intents and purposes, and purposes, I mean, they're stacked to tackle and the guy they drafted is a guy that played right and left. They love those versatile as much as you and I've talked mm. about it. We talked about it with Ruben 
that it's not easy to go from right to left. They love those guys. God, that guy's a monster. But yeah, I, could see, I could see him in a zone scheme putting him at guard. Yeah, Queensberry from the Titans is who they, is who they, oh, they just Oh, okay. Signed. I actually called one of his games uh, when he played for San Jose State. I really? The game there, yeah. And I was like, this kid's going to be a player. And you know his history, right? He had cancer. Yes. And he was out for – he missed one or two seasons. Yep. But I, I – Man, I forgot we even uh, loaded up with him. I think he's a good player. He's also, I think he's also a capable guard. Uh, I don't know how that necessarily translates, but yeah. So just getting back to James Cook, a couple quick things for me. There's a lot of conversation, and I would love to know your thoughts about him not having the body type to be an RB1. Uh, meanwhile, his brother, Dalvin, is an inch, short, an inch shorter than him and only mm -hmm. weighs nine pounds more than him. Now, this kid is young. My so guess what's is the he body can, type. Like, what did I miss? Uh, he, they just say that his frame isn't big enough. And because he weighs 199 pounds, that he's not oh. big enough to kind of take that beating. But I would think that he could put 10 pounds on <laughs> pretty easy. We'll see. When I got the Buffalo. Buffalo, I weighed 286 <laughs> and I played at 310. Right. 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 That's I thought he meant body type, like he's an hourglass or something. No, he's definitely no. He's got so I think what that Bruce Nolan talked about it last night on my so show. 10 I Bruce, pounds. I mean, like, are you kidding me? He's six foot one, right? Uh no, he's five eleven. Five eleven. All right. I don't know. I mean, uh, that's like uh one pound per foot. Are you gonna do math on the Is show? That two pounds per foot. Sorry, two <laughs> pounds per foot. Almost almost one and three quarters pounds per foot. Like, really? Well, I, Bruce, I don't know. Bruce I mean, was to me. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Bruce, Bruce was on the show last night and he was talking about like in the body type, what they look for, what, what, what NFL GMs and head coaches and whatever look for is the thighs, right? I got the thighs that'll cross your eyes, the Barry Sanders thighs, which, <laughs> which Singletary has Singletary has those thighs and he, and Dalvin, his brother has those big yeah. monstrous thighs, whereas he doesn't fit that mold. He's more of a, probably Raheem Mostert type body style or a Matt Breida type body style. You know, just, look, you could stop talking about all this blarky. I'm just like, <laughs> there are plenty of guys that have succeeded with smaller thighs. I don't Agreed. know what to say. I agree I, with you. I, I know you agree with, with me. And why are we even talking about this? I'm like, oh, well, he's not RB1 because the circumference of his thighs is only 36 and it's got to be 38.4. Dude, that's you know, the NFL. You're talking. I you, understand you that. You went but through this process. Like I my hands, are, my hands are bigger than Kenny Pickett's, and people don't think he can play quarterback. It's like, well, I can't play quarterback, and I got big hands. What are you talking about? I don't know how big your hands have to be. Can you throw the ball? They, they, right, and that's the question. They, the, the minutia, right? It's about, well, and it gets to the point where it's ridiculous, right? So I have, I have a big hand expanse, but Same. then anybody who's like a quarter inch shorter than mine is like. Oh, it's tiny hands. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, it, it gets into the it gets into the, into the ridiculous. But, but, into the, but, in, but that's the also why, you know, these look at Brandon Bean, right? He's they look at Elam's family, they look at he's young, right? They looked at the type of guy he presented as. Yeah, I mean, they're doing the same thing with Cook, I imagine. Right. Oh, yeah, right? for I sure. Mean, he had to be well, let's pull this guy into the meeting. Well, he doesn't have RB1 body type but Lies. let's see what he says you <laughs> know and then like they meet him and they're like he's person one so that's good enough because right. well his talent I, I would think that his tape one regardless mm -hmm. of what anybody says but when you're talking about the minutiae right and somebody was joking about the patriots in the comment section a minute ago mm -hmm. and, and the reality to do. <laughs> right i mean they, they took they took a guard and i talked about this a lot you know i i hate the benefit of the doubt that was given to bill, bill belichick they make that pick they they draft cole strange and everybody's like uh uh like everybody i don't understand what's happening why did they take cole strange who's a guard who everybody's projected like post 100 why did they just take this guy in the first round? And then literally five minutes later, later everybody's like, well, we all know he's going to be good. He's going to be a good player. So it'll be a good pick because he's going to be a good player. And I'm like, time out. There's no guarantees in this. If there's a crapshoot in the world, it's the NFL draft. There, if, there were, if, if everybody knew that Cole Strange was going to be good, he wouldn't be ranked 110 or 104 or 100. He'd be ranked 25. If you knew he was going to be good and he took an interior offensive lineman, not only did he overreach, he overreached for an interior offensive lineman. It's just the minutia of it. Why do they? Yeah, get, that's weird. Why do they get so deep and so? It's just 
the whole thing is strange. Like the the Kenny Pickett thing because his, his hand was I think it was nine and a half. He's a nine and a half inch hand, and it's like so all of a sudden he threw the football all over the yard at Pitt, but now all of a sudden he can't. You're, you're going to measure now all of a sudden he can't throw a football. It's like I don't at the at the NFL level. I understand the you know the fumble situation. Uh oh, here we go. What do we got? Uh, is it? T- it's like tip to tip, 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 right? tip, 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 yep. I mean, I'm like ten. Yeah, I don't have a ruler. It's metric though here, too. Here, I can do the here, metric for it. Is here, that here, easier for you? Measure Metrics mine. And tens. <laughs> measure mine. I got my my tool bag here too. I'll, I'll have to shoot you a a message. I know. Yeah. So regardless, that's what they do. You know the shuttle. I know, code. and I. But I think like you got to start looking that as a baseline. So if you see somebody that is like, all right, they've got these measurables, so we think that they're going to end up in somewhere in the in the second round. Well, to me, you got to you got to build in a margin of error, ten picks in either direction, at sure. least maybe sure. well fifteen on the high end and maybe five to ten toward the lower round on the other end, right? right. And then right. for for a number of reasons, I don't really think that gms and everybody and coaches are you know as committed to the measurables as people who write columns are Mm -hmm. right and then secondly it's the fit yep so like well we're not going to take a running back because everybody was already drafted or there's nobody in this draft that fits the adonis mold Right. So we're not taking a running back. Forget it. We're going to wait 10 years to win the Super Bowl because we don't have the guy that fits the measurable. It's just lunacy. It is. So let's move on. Tell me what measurable Thurman Thomas fit. Well, clearly the two knee surgeries didn't do him any, any, any uh, benefits in the draft process. No, Um, I get that. Yeah. But, and that's not an, that's not an unheard of story either. There's a lot of guys that were injured coming out of college or had been injured and a lot of teams passed on them and they came out and had fantastic careers, but there's also, it's the whole thing. Stefan Diggs was a fifth round draft pick. You want, he's the one, he's a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Like he was a fifth round draft pick. And yet you look at all the guys that are drafted super high that are quote unquote, can't miss players that bust out. I, I yeah, just, I, I go back to, I think finding something in their past that gave them some adversity early on. So when you, I don't know if you read this little piece or I think it was, I don't know where I read it. Kair Elam, you know, father played, uncle played, right? Father Mm -hmm. and uncle, right? And when he was a freshman or eighth grader, both father and uncle saw him on the field and they're kind of like, <laughs> you know, you, you may want to consider golf or chess, you know? Right. Right. So you can't tell me that, that, that kids don't feel that they don't hear it. They don't get it from a coach or, you know, if you're trying to steer your child to a different activity, it's not because they're great at the one you're steering them away from. Right. So that's a little bit of a chip, right? Josh Allen has a chip on his shoulder. Big chip. I mean, huge chip. I had a chip on my shoulder. Another mo, another mo for this football team is they is 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 NFL legacy players. So they this team this staff loves guys whose fathers played in the NFL. Isaiah Hodgins' dad played the NFL. Obviously, you know. I was just gonna say, and there's another (laughs) one coming. There's another one coming who's who's you know whose dad played in the NFL and played obviously for the Buffalo Bills. Let's move on to. uh, and his name is escaping me. Uh, um, Terrell Bernard. Shakir. No, uh, Khalil Shakir. Oh, you're skipping uh, the linebacker from Baylor, which I'll just say I watched some film on him. Oh, okay, and I, good. And, and I think I think it's a really cool fit. Um, you got to look at Matt, Matt Milano, a little yep. older now, yep, right? Yep, yep. And then you look at Tremaine Edmonds. Where is he going to fit? Like, what's going to happen? He's got to have a breakout incredible year, in my opinion. In my opinion, he's kind of in a year where um, Ed Oliver was last year. Yeah, yeah. Like Tremaine shows up, but I, I think it's it, with a little bit more flash. It's gonna it's gonna bode him well. But what I what I like about this pick is they talked a lot about him being able to transition from strong safety to a flying linebacker. And I think if we could have used anything on that very last play of last season, 
might be a guy who could run a little better. Um, and he also has the ability to rush. So we can go to, if you no, don't no. agree, no, if you I, don't agree, do. we'll fight. I do. Well, we're not definitely not going to fight because I'm old and fat. Um, All right. Khalil I mean, no, 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 no. I want to back up to your point. Oh, so okay, he, go, he, go, is, go, go. He, he is a mirror of, of Milano. Um, he does shoot gaps inside the offensive line well. There's a translation for him to potentially play 4-3, be that third linebacker in the 4-3 four, four, setups when the Bills mm -hmm. do play them, which is not very often. However, it needs to be said, he is not going to be the replacement for Tremaine Edmonds. So if anybody thinks... No, 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 him, I, I didn't say I'm not, that. Not you. I'm talking about the people in the comments and the people in podcast land that are going to listen mm -hmm. to this show. He is not expected to replace Tremaine Edmonds. So if that's what you think, the Bills just drafted Tremaine Edmonds' replacement. That is not no, who this guy's totally going to be. Different. They're totally different body types. <laughs> they are, indeed. One's LB1. One's LB1O. One's LB1I. I, I get lost. <laughs> that's amazing. I just yeah. wanted I just wanted to get to him because he's a flash player. Like and what I mean by flash is yeah. he, he did you watch any of his highlight film? I did watch some of the highlight film. I I um obviously I'm already a huge fan of his mom, right? She's coming. Yep. She's she said that if I get to sit with her, I have to bring the hot cocoa. So wait, 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 wait. What are we talking about right now? Well, I was just, just saying her mom was all his mom was all excited on uh twitter you know and i was like i want to sit next to his, to mona and she's like just bring the hot cocoa come on this happened yeah 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 i didn't see so it. anyway anyway so <laughs> i i look at him like flash player like um beasley with more speed underneath routes yes um I, he's got to learn i think probably there's a lot to learn playing slot in the nfl as opposed to in college right right and i think a lot of that is you gotta get the Ouija board and get a ghost to like pull fear out of you because two Ouija board references in one show. Well, I did it for you, Joe, because you can't <laughs> stop looking at this. What do you think? Flash Flare? Uh, I think he's. A, I think he's he gonna just, be a he, guy. He's a human highlight reel. He just yeah. he contested balls, body like body yep, control in the air. I right. can tell you from having conversations with Bills wide receivers that, you know, the Bills covet guys who learn all the positions. And by that, what I'm saying is the Bills playbook, specifically on offense for the wide receivers, is one of the hardest in the league. There's a couple of guys that can play all the positions, and I'm not going to name names. And then there's a couple of guys that only basically know their position. Hmm. If you basically pay attention to what you've watched in games, you can notice who plays their position and what guys kind of move around. This is another one of those guys. They can bring him in. He's smart. Uh, he's got a huge football IQ, and they can get him to learn the playbook and, and plug him in at the X, Y, or Z, wherever they want him to play. I don't necessarily think that this year is his year. Jameson no, Crowder's no. on no, a one-year. Isaiah McKenzie's on a two-year, but they can get out of it after one. My guess is, is you know, he's this is going to be a growth year for him. No, no, no question about it. Yeah, um, so. I agree. Punter, happy to have a punter. I love the T-shirt. I mean, come on! <laughs> I saw that just before the show. I almost fell down laughing. That was amazing, Punt God. Punt God, yeah. So I'm excited to have. It's it's. I've said this before. It's it's not standard operating procedure. We've had we've had kickoff specialists before. Why can't we have a holder specialist and keep Matt Hawk on this football team at a minimum league minimum to hold? Because even Brandon Bean said he is an elite holder. Mm -hmm. And Matt Areza has never holded held before. Holded so, it. Holded it. At San Diego State. San Diego, San Diego State, he was the place kicker. So he never held ever. So this is something he's gonna have to learn, which could be a problem for him. We have Unless, backup quarterbacks for that too, don't we? You would I I was thinking about this today while I was driving. You would be the one to tell I think the reason that backup quarterbacks don't do it anymore is because they get pulled from practice and they don't want to pull, they want those three dudes. The, the punter, the kicker, and the and the long snapper. Damn over, you, Joe! Over there doing their thing. What do you, damn me, what did I do? You're right. <laughs> Meanwhile, they want to keep Frank Reich around during practice, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we, I guess we did, we did it when the time was right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, never, it's not just, I never really paid attention to it. I mean, you know, if it was the backup quarterback, then he had to be there. So you just build your practice to make sure your guy is there. I don't know. Yeah, it just it just seems so. I I would say that it's maybe not they're a, gonna send them to a camp. <laughs> I don't 
don't think that there's a golden path to him making necessarily the team. He's got a very good shot of making the team, probably 95-5 that he makes the team, but he's gonna yeah. have to learn, he's gonna have to learn to hold, or they're gonna have to find somebody else who can do it until he figures out how to hold. Well, right. hell, he could punt better than Hack could punt, for God's sake. He can definitely boot the crap out of the football. Well, I, I didn't look at this kid, uh, Christian Benford at all from Villanova, did you? I did not. So I have not gotten super deep into uh, the players as far as that goes, as far as the draft. And I have but, the whole But again, list. two cornerbacks in the first round, right? We got uh, two linebackers. On the, it's on the screen. Yeah, this kid from uh, Vatak, Luke Tenuta. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Big dude. Yeah. Big uh, dude. He's, he's, he's going to be, whoever is the strength and conditioning coach at the Buffalo Bills is going to have a field day with this guy. It's a, uh, you know who it is. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, I don't remember. Well, it's not the same one from when I was there for God's sake. No, it's right on the tip of my tongue. And I can't you know, think my, of it. My point is he's, there's a lot to mold with this guy. Right. Right. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see him get his feet really good. His Shiano. pad level. Shiano's the strength. Yeah. Coach. His pad level lower flexibility. I mean, I, I see him, uh, you know, if the, if he makes the team, which I think he will, but he's got to play guard. I think he's too big for guard. Isn't he like no, six, I don't think so. He's not six, eight as well. Zone scheme. Did I see his butt? Is that what you said? <laughs> I did not say. Did I see his butt? Gosh, keep it clean. It's a family show. <laughs> so embarrassing. Oh dear lord, why why do I subject myself to this stuff? Uh. I'm looking for uh, what was his name again? Give me his name. Hmm. Luke Tenuta. He's going to be an honorary Italian. Uh, draft profile. Hmm. Live television here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, draft combine pros prospect Luke Tenuta. Uh, he had a 5.52 prospect grade. I don't, I don't know what that means. And I've got an ad playing right now. Uh, Anyway, he's he's a big, big uh, old Uncle Clay. Six eight three nineteen. Thirty-two so, and seven eighths. Yeah, three nineteen. I don't know how accurate that was. His but. his his hands are an eighth of an inch bigger than yours, in case you wanted to know. Oh how did I ever play? <laughs> I don't know why they drafted you in the first round. They yeah. you should have been a seventh rounder for sure. Well, back when I was drafted, <laughs> hands were much smaller. Uh Balen Spectre, linebacker Clemson. I didn't watch him. I, I watched a little bit. He he flies around. I mean, good program. I think a competitive program in a, in a marginal conference, but you know, Debo Sweeney is He's, he reminds me a little bit of McDermott, right? Yeah, he went yeah. to those kinds of guys, right? Yep, so yep. That, that's good. good. I'm speeding through this because we're running out of time, but I, I, I wanted to do a shout-out. Not that anybody's listening, but how about Bruno's teammate, Alec Anderson from there UCLA? It there it is, yep, yep. Doing, doing the modified <laughs> table crash. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious did, did you see the babes the babes you know the babes the babes The yeah. babes posted his instagram did you I see think, that one i think i saw it yes where he's holding his belly yeah oh that's right like <laughs> he's pregnant the season like is he's kicking <laughs> yes genius <laughs> that was funny that was uh, good. and then i haven't looked at anybody else on the list but position wise right so we ended up with Two offensive linemen plus yep. Quesenberry and Saffold, right? So four overall. Yep. We got yep. another running back and then three, four wide receivers all told or five. How many receivers did we draft? We drafted one wide receiver, one right wide receiver, and we signed four. Correct. Bring them young. I'll tell you, those guys are poorly behaved. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and yeah, did yeah. We, I thought we signed a kid from uh, UB. Um, I don't know. As far as for, to the practice squad, I haven't seen the final practice squad roster yet. I was kind of busy. Yeah, I might be missing one. Yeah. So, so, so what- okay. By the way, favorite draft interview, day one, day two, whatever. Who was your favorite interview? It's going to be Elam for me. It, the no, whole- not of our guys, overall. Oh, oh, overall? Elam's was fantastic, by the way, but I don't know that I have one overall. 
I haven't seen all of them necessarily. You clearly, you've got one preloaded. Yeah, Who's yours? Devin Lloyd. Oh, really? What happened? Parents both in the Navy. Got up, talked, and then he talks, and you're like, this kid's outstanding. Nice. I mean, it was just awesome. I'll have to look it, it up. I, I was just done. like, oh, these are like super impressive people. I'm nice. Like, I'm gonna, I feel minimized. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just, and for some reason, if you go back and you listen to Devin Lloyd's parents talk, and and by the way, I don't think that anybody was like embarrassing like we've seen in the past. Like, was there anyone that you were like, "Egad," <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, there's the the one of the cringiest moments wasn't even in a. Well, I guess it was. It was. Uh, oh my gosh, what was his name? Big offensive lineman. His brother played too. His name totally escapes me. And they asked him, they were just talking to him right after he got drafted. And he said, I'm really proud to be a Buffalo. And I was like, you mean a bill? So that was, that was probably the most, the cringiest moment I've ever had, but there's yeah, been... but nothing that, I mean, that wasn't like, you know, family embarrassing you. I thought all no. the family celebrations were awesome. Well, well, James Cook's was a little awkward. So <clears throat> if I, if I may I add heard about this, so I just, seen it just, though. Yeah, just because I am, I have spent a lot of my life in the production world. Uh, go figure. I'm a podcaster now and I do all this stuff and I've got a whole bunch of like rack gear over sitting over here. I thought it was a so, so whatever you want to call it. So basically they cut to James Cook's house early. And I promise you that everybody was having fun and getting loud. And he was told, wait for the cue. We're going to cue you when the camera's going to cut. So he's standing there, like expecting to hear them go, and we're gonna, you know, three, two, whatever, getting yeah. ready to cut to them, and people are getting loud. So like they cut early, and he's telling everybody to be quiet so he can hear. Shut <laughs> up, shut up, <laughs> so I can hear. Shut up, and then they cut away, and then they cut back to it, and everybody's cheering and losing their minds, just <laughs> like they're supposed to be. <laughs> Why can't you like tag me in that on Twitter? I'd love to see that. <laughs> I'll find it for you. But yeah, it's uh people thought that he was upset that he got drafted to the Bills. It's like no, okay, he, are, no are, team so, he wanted to be drafted to. Oh, well, you know <laughs> what? He's uh he's gonna be a great player. He is. I wanna know what you're seeing out in the Twitterverse and what your opinion is of the opinions of our draft. Like for me, I'll give you my quickie. My overall is I don't care who you draft. I'll tell you in 18 months if they're worth the shit for sure. So, but so I never like, you know, I'm never going to think I know more than Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. Right. I, I just, I'm not that guy. Sure. So if they, if they draft somebody they're drafting by need and they believe in a guy, but what's the reaction out there in space about it our draft from, from, from the most skeptical of people. It like varies. I've, you would I've, expect. I've seen a grade of a C on the bills. I've seen, so I've seen anything anywhere from a B to a C just tweets. I also saw on good morning football today. I don't remember which guy it was, but one of them said that they felt it might've been Schrager felt that the bills had the best draft, like out of everybody and, hmm. and not, not saying that they got, they amassed the best players. The jets are going to be in contention for that as well as um, it escapes you. There's, uh, there's another, is it the Vikings? There's another team that had a really, really solid, amazing draft as well. Yeah, but his really his point was the Bills are already a Super Bowl contender. And yeah. they went out and they solved the problems that they had with guys that they can plug and play right away. So in his mind, he felt they had the best draft. You're right, right. But like uh, sometimes you get the, oh, I wanted this guy, we passed on him. And then so they can be right like in three years and repost it. Sorry, I'm just posting my phrase while the streams land. Love it. Nice. Love it. Love it. Love, love, it, love it. it. So, but what did you think? I mean, what did you, th how did you feel that it, it graded out? And then we'll get out of here. You know, like I said, I don't grade it. Do I, do I appreciate the position groups that they went after? I think they did the right thing. Yep, uh, right. You know, they, they have a, a vast degree of confidence in who they have ready to go at offensive line because everybody wanted offensive line. They addressed the defensive line in the, in the off free agency, free agency, yep. and free agency. Right. Yep, so, yep. I don't know. I mean, you picked up the corner. You got three three corners in the in the draft and free, and uh, uh, free agency now. Quarterback, we're set. I mean, yeah. you and I might be going through a table next year for charity. Oh my God! Where do you want to do it? It'd have to be in Buffalo. 
No, just no, everybody, where in Buffalo? Just so everybody knows, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, John has committed to going through a table. I don't know who's going to pick you up. You well, might we're going to gonna charge admission, and we'll donate yes, to charities. We'll yes. donate to a charity in Buffalo of my choice. And we'll have to get Jeremy Kelly involved. In like, in, in yeah. The community. Yep. yeah. And, like, maybe we do, like, uh, different distance, right? Like, what? how much will you donate to see Fina do it from 30 feet? 30 feet? But with a pool <laughs> underneath. Like a I, I wonder if we can get Spencer Brown to suplex you through a table. No, we get Spencer Brown to, <laughs> to host it with you. So you guys live podcast it. Like I'll leave the booth and Spencer will come in and then he'll rate me on my technique. Yeah. Oh, this could, this could we'll really have to have good. three ambulances standing by. It, you know what? This was already stupid, but now it's like stupid with four O's. <laughs> it's true. With that, we're going to get out of here. Any final thoughts before I close this out? Yeah, I mean, uh, my final thought on the draft is before it started, I drank a big old glass of processed juice, yes, and I'm did. just going to wait and see what the effect is. That's all you can do. Yeah. How about you? Final Super, thoughts. Final thoughts. I was I was the night itself or the weekend itself was fantastic. The venue, the Vegas lights, to me, there was a home run and they should do it in Vegas every single year. I've already said that. Indoors. Far, yeah, it, it can be outdoors. I don't mind. I mean, indoors. it's it's fine, but um the Bills draft itself glad they got a corner glad they got james cook excited to see him i'm super excited for khalil uh shakir i'm excited for the punter i'm excited for every guy they got i would have liked to have seen interior offensive line at three instead of uh uh terrell um what's his last name bernard um but uh other than that one but my guess is is they have a reason for why they did that so right and i'm not necessarily here as you said to question them because they know more than me so overall i thought it was fantastic awesome Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into and watching the Off Tackle with John Fina show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vodcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Miller, here with my co-host and the man of the hour, as always, John Fina, who's over there playing with this Ouija board for the third time tonight. We've never used, we've never referenced a Ouija board ever in two years. Tonight, you've done it twice and you've hand motioned it three times. <laughs> man, <laughs> let's get ready. I can't wait for football. I mean, there's no other sports on TV right now. I can't stand it. Well, the USFL is on, but it's awful. It's absolutely unwatchable. Oh, no, I like that. It's it's. It, but the, there's the, no other sports. There's no baseball. There's no basketball. Right. Hockey's over. Other than Hockey's playoffs. over. Joe Miller, John Fina, we love you guys. We'll see you in a little bit. Go Bills. Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. Get Shut her down, Joe.